This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 12th of September. In your Squiz today, long live King Charles, Ukraine hits back against Russia, Stephanie Gilmore's stunning win, and some regal power dressing. This is your Squiz today. Claire, it's been an unusual and historic few days since the Queen died, and we now officially have a new monarch, King Charles III. It's going to take a bit of getting used to that, isn't it? But he has been proclaimed the new monarch of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of his other realms and territories. Of course, Australia is one of those. Uh, That happened in an ancient ceremony at the Accession Council, which was televised for the first time ever. Uh, That was from St James's Palace in London on Saturday night, our time. Uh, Very rich with history, those sorts of ceremonies. So it really is part of what happens when a reigning monarch monarch dies. Uh, And we're seeing it, of course, for most of the population for the first time in our lifetimes. Uh, Squaring away the formalities on Saturday, Charles's wife, Camilla, became the Queen Consort and his son, William, and his wife, Kate, are now the Prince and Princess of Wales. Yes. And while there has been a lot of focus on the new king and everybody's new titles, we are, of course, still in the official mourning period for Queen Elizabeth. And her body remains in Scotland, where she died on Thursday, but not for much longer. No, so what has happened overnight is that her body has been taken from Balmoral uh, to Edinburgh. Thousands of people have lined the streets. They've come out to pay their respects to her. Uh, That was in Aberdeen and Dundee uh, before they reached Edinburgh and the Palace of Holyrood House, which was her official residence in Scotland. Uh, What happens next is that the royal family will accompany her body to St Giles's Cathedral uh, and then there will be a service before she returns to London with Princess Anne on Tuesday local time. Yes, a lot of people are keen to pay their respects in person, including our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and Governor-General David Hurley, who will both be travelling to London later this week to attend the Queen's funeral and for a brief meeting with King Charles. Moving across Europe, Claire, to Ukraine, where there hasn't been a lot of cause for hope in the past seven months, but now there's a glimmer after Russian forces retreated from some parts of the eastern Kharkiv region. Yeah, this is something that's been talked about quite a bit in the last month, that Ukrainian forces were really pushing forward with a counter-offensive in the east of the country. And it seems that they're having some success. In fact, what the analysts say is that what's happened in the last few days is some of the biggest success that Ukraine has had since the start of the war. One key development is the retaking of the city of Izium. That was being used as a logistical base for Russian forces. And what President Vladimir Zelensky says is that they're really doing some good work in taking quite a bit of territory from Russia. The experts say it's still far too early to think that this could lead to the conflict's end, 
But the head of America's Central Intelligence Agency, William Burns, has made a bold statement. He says that Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine can already be judged as a failure. Of course, that's not the only international crisis happening right now, Claire, as there are more than 30 million people in Pakistan who've been affected by catastrophic flooding. The boss of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, has called for massive financial support. And there has been some financial support already coming from the UN and the international community. But what Guterres says is that a lot more is needed. At least 1,400 people have died in those floods that started in June. Uh, As you say, more than 30 million people who have really had their lives turned upside down by the disaster. It was just a couple of weeks ago that we heard that about a third of the country was underwater. So some really big effects there that need to be overcome. Uh, Also, what Guterres said was that climate change is really a big part of this. And he said that it's really insanity that the global community isn't looking at what's happening in Pakistan and wondering what comes next. And he really wants to see some more global action on climate change. Yes, it's going to take a lot of time and money to try and restore those people's lives, with Pakistani officials estimating the cost of the damage at more than 40 billion Australian dollars. Back at home, Claire, mining billionaire Clive Palmer has voluntarily deregistered his United Australia Party with the Australian Electoral Commission, but the reasons why don't seem to be immediately clear, even for his one successful candidate. Yeah, his name is Ralph Babbitt. He is a senator. uh, And what he says is that he was not really sure about what all of that meant, but he intends to continue to call himself a United Australia Party senator. Uh, That's divided experts about whether he's able to do that because if the party doesn't exist, uh, then there's all sorts of things that need to happen for him really to be declared a proper independent. What we hear, though, is, of course, Palmer spent more than $100 million at the election just to have one senator elected. That was, of course, a very big investment just for one representative to actually land at the last election. Yes, and if Palmer decides to go again at the next federal election, he will have to pick a new party name because the rules are that the name United Australia Party will not be able to be used again. Stephanie Gilmore's amazing achievement on the international surfing circuit deserves all the plaudits, Claire. She's claimed a record-breaking eighth world title in California over the weekend. Stephanie Gilmore is just a legend. To get eight world surfing titles is just extraordinary. And it sees her take over from Aussie Lane Beachley, who had seven world records. What happened on Friday was that she had that very big win in California. She defeated the reigning world champion, Carissa Moore. Also, it was really good to see a lot of respect between those women. Uh, What Gilmore said is that she was really honoured to surf in the final against Moore and that she was really, really pleased to get the win. Also good for the Aussies at the US Open, we had Storm Sanders and John Pierce playing in the mixed doubles and they brought home the trophy, taking the win in that Grand Slam. Uh, Really good news for them. And when it comes to the women's singles final, that was taken out by Iga Swiatek. She took the title over Ons Jabor uh, in straight sets. Yes, and of course, the men's singles finals match is happening this morning when either Norway's Kasper Rudd or Spain's Carlos Alcaraz 
Shabazz will take home the trophy for the men. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today. Claire, coming full circle in this episode, the Queen's death has been noted by the whole world. And while many squizzers have probably felt a bit sad about it, it's also a time for reflection, including through a collection of portraits. I like any that have the dogs. Of course, <laughs> there's some really great classic official portraits of the Queen with her corgis and her doggies. There's also a really great one in this gallery uh, of the Queen at the Balmoral Estate taken from 2013 where she's in this incredible green velvet robe with all of the finery and a crown standing beside a little stream. It's quite remarkable. I think my favourite one is of the Queen with the Queen Mother and Princess Margaret, where they're wearing matching blue satin blouses in the 1980s, which I'd actually never seen before. It's pretty spectacular. (laughs) And we'll pop a link to the images in our show notes so you can pick your favourite too. Squiz the day, Claire, what are you focusing on today? The inquest into the death of Melissa Caddick starts today. Uh, Of course, she was the woman who disappeared from Dover Heights uh, after her home was raided by the AFP and by ASIC over fraud claims. Well, I'm going to go for something completely different as it's International Crochet Day. I've never even attempted crocheting, (laughs) but I admire anyone who can do it. And I think it's important to celebrate traditional handcrafts. Absolutely. What a good day for that. That's it from us today, but have a fantastic start to the week and Claire and I will be back tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at SquizKids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies.